The only podcast riddled with more conspiracy theories than your Uncle Frank at Thanksgiving. This is Jet Fuel Can't Melt Steel Beambers. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bombers. This is Bombers. I am Bombers number five, Deg. I am here today with Bombers number one, Spiegel. Why The intro feels like it gets more and more robotic every time. I don't know what you're talking about. Beep, and I am Deg. Deg, introduce beep, guest. Beep, beep, boop, special guest, Hamaru. Welcome aboard, Hamaru. Aren't you glad you're here? I am. Thank you, Robodeg. Robodeg. That's me. Yeah, Himaru, a very long-time listener of this show, uh, may have been listening since day one. I don't know. Uh, you know, he can elucidate a little bit on that. But uh, we decided to just go ahead and replace Zyber with him because, you know, Zyber has been so good lately, getting a little threatened. The real problem was that Zyber got uh, sort of uh, sniped out by a competing podcast. Now he's doing his own thing. We're not going to tell you what it is because we don't want to lose our audience because, I mean, he was doing so well recently. It's the new Game Grumps podcast. You gave it, you gave it away. Well, thanks for joining us. This has been today's episode. No, Hamaru, how are you doing? <laughs> I, I'm doing well. Um, yeah, I, I'm just happy to be here. Long time listener, first time caller. Um, ah. <laughs> but no, th- thank you guys very much. It's 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 really nice to be here with you, and and I can't wait to banter and talk about really nonsensical stuff. That's that's our mo here is nonsensical stuff. So. We, we, you'll get your fill. I was going to say something and I forgot what it was. What's the next segment? <laughs> it was it was going to be funny, I remember, but that's all I remember. Everything you say is funny. The next segment is your favorite segment, Spiegel. Oh, that's... Dang it, I wish I could remember what I was going to say so that I could put off the bombastic news, Dag. Let's bomb-tastic get it over with. news. All right, I am the pretend zyber for today for the bombastic news. Here is the bombastic news. Yeah, you're doing a great it, job not actually getting through the segment. Yeah, I'm, I'm channeling Zyber. Uh, link in the description below for our Discord channel, which you can come to and join and chat with us, uh, where you can come and talk about like the Game Club or the Album of the Week Club, or give us questions for the Bombers Notebook that we can answer, which you can also Gmail to us at thisisbombers at gmail.com, or watch me and sometimes Zyber and definitely Hamaru play video games on our Twitch stream. Hamaru is uh, one of the prime cast members for Bombdu Valley every Tuesday. That said, we did change our schedule recently. Bombdu Valley's on Tuesdays, Survival Sundays, which are survival games, are on Sundays, weirdly enough. And Community Night is stuck to Fridays. We put randomizers in there every once in a while, whatever. You can also Twitter us. Um we probably won't notice it cuz we don't really use Twitter, it's fine. There is our Patreon for giving us money to produce this quality content that you love listening to every week. I don't create content. I create art. This is the quality art that we content to you every week. I think that's how that works. Uh, this is Bombers on Patreon, which special big thanks to our best friends, Anne and Rob. And thank you, Crony and Haley. And you know what, Hamaru? Thank you very much for being one of the friends of the show. We really appreciate uh, you randomly giving us money for some reason. I, 
I mean, what how, else am uh, I going to spend it on? Video games? Yeah, maybe. Probably. How, you yeah. know, how, how bad must it feel to Rob and Anne that we're having Himaru on, who's only giving us a pitiful $5 a month, and the, the $10 a month people, they've given double the money, and, they're, and we just shove them off in the corner. I don't even know who Crony is. The real thing here, Anne and Rob, they should feel good because we're uh, we're testing out on Hamaru so that we we can be you know much better and have experience whenever we finally bring them them on. Yeah, and also you know I I do subscribe to the Twitch channel as well as the Patreon, so kind of balance. So you're giving out. us money on Twitch and on Patreon. I see. I didn't know that any actual money could be attained from using Twitch until all of a sudden. Deg sent me a screenshot of our Twitch payouts, and I'm just like, what are we doing with this Patreon thing? <laughs> this money to be made on Twitch, we don't even have, we're not even popular. It's, come on. We're popular enough, because not we that, have our no, friends. No, no. We have our friends. Our I'd rather friends be popular with money. My, my friends who give us money. They're not your friends anymore if they give you money. They're your customers. No. They're literally called the friends of the show. They're our friends. The customers of the show. I've just purchasing the podcast. Which I've altered if they didn't the definition. Money, they're essentially stealing it. Everyone give us money. You wouldn't download a podcast, would you? Wait. <laughs> oh my god! You know, it's really <laughs> amazing uh, that, that podcasts are free. It, it, it seems like something that it would be very easy just off the top to just get someone to commit to paying money for it. It's like, you know, it's an hour long. It's it's audio, but it's still really entertaining. It's it's possibly more invigorating than reading a book. You pay money secret, for books. Secret uh, secret answer: uh, People are paying us money for this podcast. Uh, one of them was on the show. I didn't know if you knew that, Spiegel. No, I'm just saying that it feels like, as a concept, more podcasts should charge. I mean, I don't have a problem with paying for a podcast. I think that we've been conditioned as a society that hey, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. But there's no reason not to. It's it's good stuff. I'd pay for the giant bombcast every week. And then you can get like mini episodes that really should have been part of the initial podcast episode, but they cut it up into additional things that you can microtransaction and get more of the podcast. The EA podcast coming to yeah. your holes near you. Uh, all right, what is uh, what are we doing here today? Uh, more news, Spiegel. Tell me about some upcoming releases. Okay, uh, so upcoming releases. Those are considered to be games that release in the next week or so, approximately. Uh, guess what? It's June. That means no games. Uh, but we did want to spotlight the two big ones, the two big boys. How about Virtua Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown for PlayStation 4, a port of a PS3 fighting game from 2007? Ooh. Ooh. Tell me how you really feel. Damn, Virtua Fighter Five is a good-looking game. That—that's still a series that's alive. I didn't even know I until did, I, I saw that. I well, I mean, it's a remake, so it's on life support. How many uh, fighting game uh, franchises can you name? Go back and forth until one of you can't think of one. Here's a here's a question. If I just say the Versus series from Capcom, does that is that one whole series, or do we then split it up into? No, you got to say each one because nobody even knows what Tatsunoku is. That was literally the one I was thinking of too. <laughs> of course it is. Like <laughs> a nerd. All right, Imaru, go. All right, Mortal Kombat. 
Yeah, Street Fighter. All right, Injustice. I I mean, Virtual Fighter. Soul Calibur. Right. King of Fighters. Ooh. Let's go with. Uh, Clock is ticking. Super Smash Brothers, technically a fight uh, game. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Blaze Blue. Fatal Fury. Um. What's that one that I'm just thinking of and can't remember the name of? Five seconds. Out. No Googling. I'm not Googling. I'm looking at my he's, actual he's games that I own. All right. Time's up. <laughs> uh, how about uh, how about Final Fight? Is that a thing? Yeah, Masters Masters of Terrace Kasi. How about that's not a series? It's Tekken just a single game. Nitro Plus oh, Blast. How did we missed we missed Tekken? Himaru, I don't know. Dead or Alive. I don't know how. You, I can't yeah, believe Dead or Alive is like, another super good one. More than you guys would have named. My that, my uh, brain got stuck on um the one that I still can't remember the name of, but it's the one <laughs> anime one that people like. It's like the Toho Burst. Five or what? Is that what you're? No, I, it's no. I was thinking of the like Tsukihime universe. The, the One Piece. There's a One Piece fighting game or Dragon Ball. There's Dragon Ball fighting game. Oh yeah, like Dragon Ball Xenoverse and like yeah. all the fifteen uh, Budokai. Uh, you know, it's really amazing that everybody says that fighting games are dead. It seems like they're alive and well. They're just fostered within a very niche community. Um, all Might, my, my Hero, All for One. Whatever that one, the, the all the, all my academy hero anime games, my hero academia. That's the one. <laughs> I can't believe I got there before you did. <laughs> oh, look, all right. Uh, uh, what what else is coming out? Um. Uh, oh, okay. Here's another. Okay, this is really, guys. This is something that I feel is very important for us to cover on the bombers, which is why it's on here. This is really our wheelhouse. Games like this come along maybe once in a lifetime for for guys like us. How about DC Superhero Girls Teen Power releasing on the Nintendo Switch on June 4th? Melty Blood was the fighting game I couldn't remember. Day one purchase. You'll you'll notice I'm specifically not talking about this game. (laughs) Who is your favorite teenage girl? Uh, All right. You know what? uh, Let's roll that one back. Um, who's your? Uh, how about this? Who's your favorite DC superhero girl? Ooh. Wonder preteen. That's a really good question. I'll even allow. I'll, I'll even allow villain characters as long as they're like DC. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've always liked. Black Canary. Yeah. You know, she's pretty awesome. And the magician chick, uh, was it like Z- Zatanna? Zatanna? Yeah, Zatanna. Yeah. She's freaking awesome in Injustice and in general. Oh, I never this... played in general. When is that? When did that come out? It's actually, it's Injustice in general. It, it's DLC. Ah, okay. That makes sense. It is Warner Brothers, so yeah, that checks out. Spiegel, um, do you even have an answer to that question? I'm curious. I don't remember the what what question was it. The the what's your who's your favorite DC superhero girl? Oh, I who uh, doesn't have to be a hero. I don't know if I could name a DC like female superwoman. Lois Lane is my favorite All DC. Right. She nailed it. She Great. she becomes a superhero, right? In the yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's 
different stories there's probably like some like hyper feminist you know take on it by some indie artist that people give like millions of dollars to and then there's a controversy where she like hunts endangered species in her free time and then everyone hates her weirdly specific i just it's the internet man you can you i mean the simulation is telling us that this that someone like this exists i would go with uh poison ivy i think all right, so villains in there. Deg, yeah. E3, E3 is coming up. Sure is. Pretty quick. There's a lot of stuff that's been happening over the past couple of days prior to this recording, and let's talk about it. It's I mean, the weekly bomb introduced by Deg. One might argue that E3 has started already, kind of. At least we're in that season, because there have been announcements that are, for you know, all purposes... Our E3 style announcements. I mean, what? We're two weeks away, Spiegel. Two weeks. Uh, yeah, two and a half weeks proper. Like, it's hard to even know exactly what the dates are because there's just so many events. So E3 started uh, this week, and there were a couple of uh, live streaming things like states of plays and different announcements that we had. Uh, one of the more exciting ones for you, Spiegel, was the Dragon Quest stuff, and I want you. To go into that, because I don't know anything about Dragon Quest. Well, with the Dragon Quest stuff I was saying, I consider this to be, like, the official start of E3, because it's what I'm most excited for in terms of, like, news. So, selfishly, I declare this the starting point. Um, But uh, there was some Pokemon news a little earlier in the day. Um, You know, whatever. Uh, People are apparently upset about a January release date for Pokemon Legends, because it's Pokemon, and people have to be upset about something, anything, Give them something oh. to be upset about with Pokemon, and they're going to grab onto it. All the time. What were we talking about? Dragon Quest. Yes. Well, I, no, hold on. Oh. Let's Pokemon it up, because bombers oh. love talking about Pokemon. I thought we were going <laughs> to get through it without it. <laughs> I think that the January release is uh, a weird choice, though. Why? You Games know? come out in January all the time. Well, it, we, they're missing the uh, holiday sales. They're putting it... So quickly after, like it's one month after Christmas, a point at which people already got a bunch of new games, potentially, or parents who are generally going to be the people purchasing Pokemon games, let's be honest, have financial recovery from Christmas that they're dealing with. So, like, what are they aiming at there on their sales? Valentine's Day. I don't know. Like... Because I, when I think of Valentine's Day, I think of Pokemon Legends Arceus. Hey, you when un- I think of <laughs> you underestimate nerdy couples. When I think of Valentine's Day and Pokemon, I think of lonely dude sitting in his basement playing Wishing Pokemon. That would... <laughs> I actually, I have some friends that I think are getting married this year, or next year that they met playing Pokemon Go. Is getting married on Valentine's Day is that like is that a is that a power move? Like, could you ever get a woman to agree to have have her wedding on Valentine's Day? Because then you don't have to do, like, you, you don't have to do anniversary and Valentine's Day. You just do both together. Both together. But, like, when you're a kid and you have your birthday on Christmas, like, you know you're not getting as many presents as you really deserve. Sucks. I have another friend whose birthday is January, like, 5th or something. So guess who got lumped into Christmas? Your friend. Yup. You guessed right. Hey, having a June birthday is pretty awesome. You get gifts equally spread out throughout the year. My parents never let me down. 
by regifting me stuff because we didn't have money for anything more. Fills in that sort of like summer lull and holidays. Yeah, you know, I I didn't mind getting Clayfire sixty three and a third for the third time. You know, well, you kind of mm. got more games too because sometimes when games would come out around the holidays, you know, they'd been out for a while and maybe they do like a little price drop or like Walmart would have a rollback sale and maybe a game that was fifty dollars was down to thirty and then they could get then you get two games. Well, you know what's great about June is that that's when all of the big game releases are coming out, like Virtua Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown and DC oh. Superhero Girls Team Power. You know how could I have forgotten that June is the June is historically the month that has brought us the best video games of all time? Games like <laughs> Banjo Kazooie, Ocarina of Time, Super Mario sixty four, Metal Gear Solid, all grand June releases. <laughs> We're we talking about Dragon Quest. I don't know. It's not. It's <laughs> look. If we don't get distracted on bombers, Nemi stops listening, and when Nemi stops listening, it's all falling apart. So that's series over at that point. All right, Dragon Quest. Uh, Himaru, did you watch the Dragon Quest stream? I actually did not. I got oh. all of my news from you guys on Discord and just kind of sifting through Mistakes. all the stuff. Okay, well, you, you guys are killing me here. But the big the big takeaways from the Dragon Quest one were that Dragon Quest Ten Offline is going to be coming to the West. Uh, they are remaking Dragon Quest Three in glorious Octopath Traveler HD, uh, and they are also uh, making Dragon Quest Twelve, which everyone knew. And I was kind of hoping for more than just a teaser, so that was a little disappointing. But we did get a little uh, spinoff with some characters from Dragon Quest Eleven, whom I love, Eric and Mia. So that's very cool. Uh, and and I just oh, and the the uh, uh, Hori-san uh, said that um, a new Dragon Quest Monsters game was coming, and then he's like, oh, I just got in trouble with our PR department, like I wasn't supposed to talk about that. So he totally just accidentally revealed something awesome that the studio is also working on. And, uh, I mean, we don't want to talk about the Dragon Quest stuff, but I did want to tie it into the next thing, which is the bomb, like the sucky part of the weekly bomb, which is here we have a company, Square Enix and the Dragon Quest team, that have been treating this franchise for 35 years now with the re- with the level of respect that it's been around for 35 years and had t- 11 mainline releases one every three years they put the effort in there's never been a bad dragon quest game okay so that's how you set the table dag and himaru take it away with sonic central they announced that they're doing some sonic stuff himaru yeah they yeah they're re-releasing sonic games again aren't you excited yeah, I can't wait to buy the Sonic Origins pack so that I can get the first three, four uh, Sonic games. And Sonic uh, CD. Uh, oh, and Sonic CD. Which is actually really good. Uh, the first five Sonic games for another console, again, and then uh, continue to uh, carry into the future the only good Sonic games that have ever been released. So here's the thing. If they're releasing Origins with arguably the only Sonic games that are even worth playing, aside from maybe Mania, people like Mania. Mania, I'll I'll allow. Like, what's. What. What do we have for even motivation to play the new game? I haven't felt motivated to play a new Sonic game really since the The Sonic Adventure games. So, here's another thing about that. These games are so old. You could have been playing them anyway. What, what what has ever been the motivation to play new Sonic games? These games have existed for the past, what, 30 
30 years. Mm-hmm. It is 30, isn't it? Yep, 30th anniversary. Yep. And to celebrate, oh, by the they're way, releasing Sonic Colors. Sonic Colors Ultimate in Great. HD remake of Sonic Colors. Did you see that included figure with the collector's set? It, it, you know what that figure looks like? It looks like movie Sonic. It does. It really does. Wait, like, does it look like the original movie Sonic design? Because I'm into <laughs> well, that. Kind of. His mouth is closed, at least. But he's... It's weird looking. It looks like movie Sonic is what it looks like. I... I'm looking it up. Keep talking about Sonic. I, I just... I don't have much to say that we have not already said. Sonic is no longer relevant. It's... It hasn't been relevant since... I mean... Sonic CD, really, and even well, Sonic arguably, Adventure. yeah, Sonic Adventure. Well, you could Sonic argue. Adventure is is I'll allow an argument for that, but that also I think it falls... really just started. I think you can make the argument that Sonic had a couple of missteps prior to 2006's Sonic the Hedgehog, and then it's Oof. just been awful ever since. And they Sonic Adventure, I think the first one is where Sonic really just started its downward trend because that's where among other things they started the sonic friends or whatever the myriad additional sonic characters are called i think they're called sonic friends i don't know friends but it of did the op- sonic friends of the sonic they paid patreon money to sonic team in the form of purchasing the games i guess i don't know i mean I, someone's paying point- sonic team money because they keep freaking making these games well, that's that's the thing about Sonic since 2006 or earlier. Everyone's always like, this will be the Sonic game where Sonic's back. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. I'm going to buy it and and it's fine. The Sonic series is returning to the... my. I, I don't know. It's just like every game people are like that. And every game is bad. But Sonic's coming back. Well, it's like you're saying, Sonic. The, you know, the fans get all excited. Oh, Sonic is coming back. That's because every single or like every other Sonic game, Sonic Team is like, and we're bringing Sonic back to his roots. He's going to be running fast, and this game's going to be about speed. And it's like, that is not the problem. The speed is not the issue. It's, it's doesn't matter how fast you go if you're clipping through games the level and dying. And then there's you know Sonic Unleashed. Sonic and the Black Knight. Sonic Heroes. Sonic, Sonic Generations was so good. Would you go so Sonic. far as to say that really that is the definition of being a product of its time? I think I think that's a safe thing to say, Hamaru. I'm not sure I understand how you're defining product of its time in this case. As in when Sonic was actually relevant and decent, I mean was when nineties edgy cool stick it to the man was kind of a thing. And then once we got into the 2000s, then it just became cringe. And Sonic didn't really evolve with that. And even if they tried... Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah, it's like, oh, let's make Shadow, who's even more edgy. Hey, man, some of us never grew out of the edge. Has guns now. Guns are edgy. They're the only thing you can trust in the Sonic world. Well, and not only just that edginess and the whole, like, Go, wow, Sonic is so super 90s radical, as opposed to Mario, who's a 40-year-old plumber, I guess. The gameplay between Mario and Sonic 
are like that juxtaposition is what made Sonic popular because it was like, oh, a 16 bit system, and look, we can process you going so fast and moving through it. And Mario is all about precise platforming, and Sonic is about get to the end, go fast, done. It's funny that you talk about the Mario comparison because uh, that was always, you know, what it was in the 90s. But yeah. um, I'm going to give a little credit to the Disc Cart uh, Discord server for giving me this inspiration. I, I asked a question. I said, uh, you know, what two game franchises would you mash up? And someone said uh, Mario and Sonic as a platformer, uh, not like one of the Olympic Games ones, but a Mario <laughs> yeah. and Sonic platformer with Mario sections and Sonic sections made by Nintendo and not by Sega. And Sega would sure. never they would never go for that. But like think about it. Like what if Nintendo saved Sonic the Hedgehog? Nintendo's the one that makes good games. Shots fired at Sega there. I mean, Sega publishes a lot of good games. I yeah. don't know True. what they're doing lately. I mean, they're developer? doing better than Atari <laughs> as a publisher. Oof. <laughs> I don't th there is no Atari it's infograms forever alright uh, no I was not doing that type of salute to infograms I was doing the the, fi the fist in the air it was a fist in the air damn it alright like a, like at a rock concert yeah or you know uh, well yeah throw the horns rock on infograms you make horrible games <laughs> yeah that's I think that's our that's so Dragon Quest yeah. the bomb. <laughs> so Dragon Quest. Uh um yeah, it was it was awesome. I love the Dragon Quest. Sonic stuff not so much. There's a lot of news dropping right now just about a bunch of different stuff. We saw some Horizon Forbidden West gameplay Dag, if you oh, want to talk a little bit about that, you guys. I'm I've said this before and I stand by it. Horizon Forbidden West is the thing that will get me to buy a PS5. But it's coming to PS4. <laughs> yeah, but why bother? It's gonna look good on the PS5. It's like Resident I mean, Evil guess... Village. Like, I'm gonna you buy could. that for PS5. That's motivation for me to buy a PS5. I just need to be able to get one. And with the problems that the Horizon Zero Dawn release on PC saw when it first came out with performance issues, you know, there's some questions to be had on, you know, again, performance issues. When it comes to PS4 PC release of a Horizon game. Hopefully, I mean, maybe they've fixed that with the Horizon Zero Dawn so they can take those lessons and apply them to Forbidden West. Find out. But they did, it was like 14 minutes of gameplay in a state of play dedicated directly to Horizon Forbidden West. And the gameplay that they showed looked great. I played Horizon Zero Dawn 100%, finished my ultra-hard playthrough and everything. So, uh, I'm looking forward to learning a lot of the new movesets and just the movesets both in combat and for traversal. Uh, it, it's so, so much cool stuff. I don't even, I don't even know what to say anymore. I'm just excited about it. <laughs> I give you props, man. I only know one other person who's 100%ed the first game and they said it, it was quite the tedious endeavor but they loved every every step of the way I didn't think it was tedious at all it was enjoyable and fun I think something that's enjoyable and fun can still be tedious as long as you like enjoy the gameplay loop like it's fun like 
finishing all these stupid Picross puzzles is tedious for me, but I also love them because it's Picross. No, that 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 one is like a literal addiction, though. Like, there's well, something wrong yeah, with the but, dopamine rush on that. Well, anyway, uh, I just wanted to say before we move on from the Sony thing as uh, or the Horizon thing, I wanted to give credit to Sony be- because they went out there and they just showed 15 minutes of gameplay, or Guerrilla Games did, but you know, obviously published by Sony. We always give uh, credit to Nintendo for doing that thing where it's like, well, you know, all these big companies are only showing like CG trailers at their stupid E3 events. Nintendo's always getting out there and showing that gameplay. We have to give the same credit to Sony for doing it finally because they didn't used to show this much prior to games launching. And I've been really impressed with like the Ghost of Tsushima one, this one. They're just really knocking out of the park every time they, they do one of these things now. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. It's nice to get actual gameplay and not pre-rendered garbage because you learn you learn nothing from pre-rendered crap hopefully uh trends again because i i was thinking the other day um do you guys know when roughly the trend started to come into play where every reveal every game update it, it was always like cinematics and pre-rendered gaming footage and and never actual any gameplay like i feel at some point that became the popular trend where every publisher started doing that mid 2000s i was gonna say like the first game i can really remember being like ultra cinematic on a scale where you wouldn't really need to show any gameplay to get people excited and maybe i'm maybe i'm uh, misrepresenting this game but metal gear solid 4 guns of the patriots maybe and the big one i was thinking of for like cinematic early like teaser trailers not being gameplay footage stuff was halo 3 yeah, oh, yeah and those games both came out around the same time if i recall correctly like late 2007 early 2008 yeah around there or like grand theft auto 4 well no grand theft auto has always been good about showing like actual, actual game yeah 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 i mean a lot of grand theft auto's cutscenes are rendered in-game engine anyway so yeah, pretty much all of them yeah but that game was really cinematic too, and it, and honestly, like one of my favorite things about that generation was we went from just kind of figuring out how to do like games in a three D space and like doing some interesting things with with that generation. But when we moved on to like three sixty and PS three, developers really started being able to visually represent like the vision that they really wanted. Um, so that cinematics and games took a huge jump from like two thousand five to two thousand ten. Yeah. It's like a whole different era. I mean, look at even the original release of Halo 2 with its cinematics rendered on the Xbox. Yeah. The original Xbox. And that was stuff that the 360 took a while to improve on, even. Well, it depended on the game and the developer, right? Well, true. But still, the tools were there to, as you said actually really present what you wanted instead of what you had to compromise to get out there because of the technology point is good job sony yeah and and you know and we're seeing a lot of gameplay we saw dying light gameplay dying light 2 uh we saw uh far cry 6 gameplay today uh at the at the ubisoft thing and you know it looks like far cry but it they're, but they're showing the gameplay um and I I do think it maybe is becoming a little bit more of a trend. And th- this is basically my take on what I'm calling the new E3, which is just like three weeks of publishers just putting out videos to show everybody what they're working on. I think this is better. 
I think the access is better. I think it, it, it goes over a longer period of time, so you're at less risk of missing something if you're just a fan of a specific game or series or whatever or company. And I just think that the level of access that we're getting now is so tremendous, and it's so much better to the fan experience of actually going to E3 or just sitting at home watching it on TV. And it's like, well, if IGN shows it to me, I'll know I'll know about it. But it, even then, only in a very minimal capacity. Yeah, E3, well, I mean, especially since there have been discussions on the relevance, like, is E3 worth having? Are we keeping it around? If they're doing it like this, yeah, absolutely. What this this type of stuff is great. I'm I'm fine with this compared to. I mean, look at what E3 was even ten years ago, with the weird things that they were doing it, on who they were letting in and stuff. Yeah, it, it's it's a great gravitational pull, I think, because otherwise, I mean, look at last year when we didn't have E3, and you just had random sporadic reveals and and footage of upcoming games. I, I think E3 is a good anchor to have other publishers and developers showcase their stuff because the hype is going on. They want to get people excited. Let's show off the new games for the new consoles. Well, and it's a more sustainable form of hype too, right? Because it, it take it kind of drags it out over a long period of time. It spreads it thinly and nicely. So you're not just totally exhausted at the end of three days. You know, it's like, it's like college football bowl game season. It's like they're they're spread out from like December twenty first to January fourteenth or whatever, and they just go. There's like one a day. There's always football on TV to watch. There's always something new to get excited about that day, as opposed to just like putting fifty thousand games into into three days and and hoping that everybody can just catch all the highlights. And uh, what I was gonna say is with E three, it's it's pre built hype too. So. Like, you don't even have to go to E3 if you're, like, an independent game developer or anything. And just release a trailer around E3 season. You'll get talked about. So as I we think... see with, we're, what, three weeks before it, and we're calling it E3 now. So my, my point to all of this is just kind of that I, I think this is the bomb. If we're disc- if, if it's the weekly bomb, this is the bomb. I love this. I, I love that I'm now starting to get E3 adjacent news on May 25th instead of in years past, you know, three weeks before E3, nothing was coming out. It was just no news at all for like a straight month. It was awful. And now yeah, it's it's just constant and I love it. Yeah, it used to be, well, E3 is coming up, so nobody's going to announce anything because they're saving it for E3. Now it's like, no, nah, it's already E3. Let's do it. Love it. I agree with Spiegel. This is the bomb. I agree. The bomb. Cool. That was the weekly bomb. What are we doing next? Oh, that was fun. I liked that. Uh, that was a good, good talk. Yeah. What's next? What's next? The, What's uh, next? Yeah, I can tell What's you it? if you let me. I got. I'm sorry, I got that. I got that. That 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 E three hype's got me going. All right, put down your car keys and let's do the next segment. Okay. <laughs> uh, what is that? It's uh, album of the week discussion. If you don't know about the album of the week, you have to join the Bombers Discord to get involved. Uh, so stop listening to this show right now and just go to the Discord. It's great. It's awesome. Anyway, one of the clubs you can join is the Album of the Week Club. And and every week, one of our members gets to pick an album to, uh, to share with the group. And we all listen to it. And uh, we give our thoughts. We just kind of discuss it. And uh, we like to give it a little spotlight here on the show just so that everyone knows that it's happening. Um, 
And this this week's album was from our friend Kebby the Dragon, uh, and the album was Mischief by S.J. Tucker. And uh, gentlemen, I'll let you go ahead and give your thoughts first. What did you think of this uh, this S.J. Tucker record? So yeah, I I actually finally listened to it today. I was a little later than usual. I try to listen to the album of the week earlier. Um, and honestly, I did listen to a bit of it last time Kebby had shared it when we were still doing album of the day. And I, I was more pleasantly surprised this time. Um, you know, just kind of looking through the songs, I felt like there was, there was like a, a different feel. I mean, yes, you got the basics of, you know, a, a fantastically talented female vocalist. Uh, doing some really good stuff with, with an acoustic guitar, and even the lyrical matter was was interesting. And it got even weird sometimes, but then it got deep in other moments. And overall, um, yeah, I, I could say I could walk away with some songs that I would gladly listen to again. Um, I know, what was it like? Salad of Doom was just <laughs> out there and gave, gave me a chuckle. But then, like, I'd listen to, like, Neptune or, uh, what was it, like, Wichica, and absolutely love those. Very beautifully made. So, um, thank you again, Kebby, for sharing this. Uh, I'm glad we got to listen to it again. I, I would say it's a solid four out of five. I absolutely loved it. I The sounds were great through all of it, and even the humor tracks, those, like, weird, goofy tracks were fun. They, they were, like, very filky. Uh, which I appreciate being a nerd myself. So that, that that all hit the right chords. And I liked that those tracks were also just like spaced together right in the middle. So you had your like really good music, goofy, really good music. So you came into it good and left with it good and had a little bit of levity in the middle. So I, I well-paced, sounds great. Definitely like you said, four out of five. I might even give it personally a five out of five. Um, Dag, I'm really glad that you said the word filk because I didn't know what that was and I had to go look it up. And when I looked it up, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, there is a word for the, like how I'm trying to describe this record. Uh, it, it fits perfectly. Filk music, for those of you who don't know, is a musical culture, genre, and community tied to science fiction, fantasy, and horror fandom and a type of fan labor. Basically, the lyrics revolve around subjects of interest to the fandom community. nerd humor nerd humor music yeah and uh i didn't know that that was like a thing i didn't know that you could describe a a type of artist that way so i'm glad there's a word for it anyway i hate that type of stuff normally Uh, (laughs) i do i i think it's i think it's insufferable i just think it's annoying i'd like why like why do we need fan cute fan songs about like how funny captain picard is i don't know like whatever i don't know if they're star trek songs i could be making that up I don't think it has much creative integrity. I, I feel like you're just capitali- capitalizing off of someone's love of something that they already love. Therefore, like it naturally appeals to them. It's just, I don't know. It's 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 all community-based fun. Like, it's fan fiction, but in musical form. This wasn't that. This was much better than that. I, I felt as though... I didn't understand exactly what she was getting at a lot of the time, so maybe I was just missing references left and right, and I didn't know, but... It, the the lyrics seemed obscure enough the the musical the actual like composition of the songs was interesting enough that i just felt like it rose above that to become something actually really good she did a lot of really interesting things on this record 
with that filk, what it really made me think of was like, this is the type of person that I would find performing at a Renaissance fair. Like that kind of nerdery. That's what I don't yeah. want to see. I don't want oh, that. I love it. I am in that demographic. I have bathed in a month and I don't need enough. I mean, I don't know. What do you sing about at a Renaissance fair? Drinking, usually. Eating potatoes right. with your hands. Eating a turkey leg. Turkey leg. Yeah. You know. Do they have funnel cake. <laughs> yeah, they do elephant ears and funnel cake. Um, Kebby also, by the way, put a second album which I think was the actual album that had been released linked before. I don't know. I just, the only reason I bring it up is because it has the quote unquote Wendy trilogy, which is basically what if Wendy from Peter Pan had joined the pirates? I thought and... you were going to say, what if Wendy from the Wendy's fast food restaurant <laughs> was, was real and like hung out with me. I, I would listen to that album. But the, the, there are three songs spur- interspersed in that album that are really good. Like, the rest of the album was fine, but those three songs, captivating. I loved it. It was, like, it was just really, again, musical fan fiction. Awesome. Honestly, I, mean, I, liked, I liked the way that she actually utilized the chorus effect and doubling her vocals during the actual chorus and not just throughout the entire song. So there's a little bit to be said about her integrity as far as the audio engineering on it. This, I, this is why I love talking to Maru about music because you have a history as being an audio engineer. So like those are things that immediately stick out to you that maybe it wouldn't necessarily to me. Or maybe it did, but I just didn't know how to articulate it or something. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, I like to know. It was a cool album. About audio. It was a cool album. <laughs> I, I thought that the production was top notch. I, 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 she had some really interesting like instrumentation too. I couldn't speak to which tracks. I can't. I can't remember the names, but a really cool album. Pleasant surprise for me. I didn't expect to like it, and I, I really did. Speaking of things specifically in Hamara's wheelhouse, Hamara, you're our game club president, aren't you? Indeed. How's that I going? Am. It, it's going pretty well, honestly. I. We're playing Cosmic Star Heroine this month. As we finish up the month of May, I am ashamed to say that while, yes, I have been enjoying my game, um, I'm only maybe just over halfway through the game. So this weekend is going to be a ton of Cosmic Star Heroine. I want to beat this game this weekend. I want to be Yeah. Um, Definitely made some mistakes playing through it, but... um, for example, uh, if the game warns you, hey, maybe you should save um, before progressing forward, you definitely do that because maybe you should save. Yeah. <laughs> so wait. So hold on. So you didn't save. You learned from it. There was a consequence. And would you say this game is a two out of five? No. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. I. Honestly, I, I think um, after playing a lot of turn-based RPGs in the past couple of years, and the formula gets really stale, uh, as much as I love Final Fantasy, or I mean, even in recent years, like the Atelier games, which I know you guys were having fun poking fun at a couple months ago, um, it it's like the gameplay gets so stale and cosmic star heroin really invic you know, it, it brought a new, a new approach to certain aspects of it. I like that you could change the difficulty on the fly. I like that you can save whenever. So some modern 
you know, quality of life improvements to the classic JRPG formula. But then also, like in combat, you know, you actually have to be a bit strategic. Like, certain moves you can only use once until you essentially defend, and then it'll, you know, regenerate all of your abilities again. Um, there's all kinds of different status effects, which I know some people absolutely hate. Um, I think the writing is is you know clever has it has its good moments the story isn't i mean it, it's there it, it does its job it, it's a decent vessel to progress the game but um i'm really enjoying the art style um it gives me chrono trigger vibes um i think uh yeah go ahead spiegel well i was i was since i was gonna wait until you were done and bring it up but since you mentioned chrono trigger i had to bust in because i wanted to say this game is very un undoubtedly remarkably similar to Chrono Trigger in a lot of ways. A lot of 16-bit style RPGs are. They owe a huge debt to Chrono Trigger and those active time battle systems. But a lot of them fail to actually be good because they don't realize exactly what made Chrono Trigger so good. So playing them, like I Am Setsuna or Lost Sphere or potentially Cosmic Star Heroine, it feels like I'm just playing Chrono Trigger but like not very good. <laughs> yeah. How much does this game suffer from that? Um... I, I think it doesn't detract too much from the overall experience. I I feel like it pulls more from the visual sense of that, you know, the 16-bit JRPG look. Um, there is definitely a bit of the creativeness that Chrono Trigger brought forth at its time that a lot of games try to copy. Um, it doesn't go full in with the crazy, like, oh, let's have combined moves with whoever's in the party there is a certain uh was it like equipment that you can put on the main character Alyssa, and she can actually have different special moves based on who's in the party because they do like that team up effect which which is pretty cool but it's not like a central focus like in chrono trigger you can really strategize by who's in your party and their special moves as they combine together um i think um I think it can be kind of easy to get a little biased with some of the characters. I feel like some of the characters are easily better than others. Um, I am a diehard uh, Chan and, and Sue fan. Those guys are awesome. Um, Sue with the wonderfully... Ship them? <laughs> you, you know, might, might as well at this point. I feel like <laughs> I feel like Sue would uh, destroy anyone, though. That dude is, for a guy named Sue, as Johnny Cash said, Boy named Sue. Made made him tough. You know, I got about five hours in, and uh, it was just hard to find the motivation to want to pick it up at any point this month. It didn't grab me. I think it's just a symptom of my own sort of falling out with RPGs in the past decade. Except Bravely Default, apparently, for some reason. Yeah, I don't. I, well, even that one, I, I'm 24, 25 hours into Bravely Second, and I'm having trouble picking it up again now, which I want to finish so I can get to Bravely Default 2. But that's also a time sink. I've got other games to play, and that didn't, sort of factors you into take, it. Didn't you take a week off of work to play Bravely Default 2? What did you do the whole time? Uh, I didn't. Uh. <laughs> anyway. Cosmic Star Heroine. Deg, did you have any thoughts on it specifically, I guess? Um, the writing and everything, as Humar was saying, I think there's some credit to that as far as, like, 
cheeky cleverness like the weirdest thing and rumor even pointed this out and then as i was playing through i ran across it too but there are two npcs in a nightclub early on in the game that are directly referencing and by referencing i mean basically verbatim quoting lyrics from the musical first date it's a thing that was written into that for three people the person who wrote it and me and rumor no one else got that I certainly didn't. And it's that kind of... What? I said I certainly didn't until you just mentioned it. Yeah, that kind of goofiness. um, It's just like nerd revelry, which just goes back to like, I am in that demographic. So that that kind of silliness I enjoyed. Why are there no no Filk albums about Futurama? There probably are. Where's my Arrested Development, uh, you know, Filk album? (laughs) Uh, what what else can have one? Uh, how about uh, how about Tur- Turok Two Seeds of Evil? Where's my Turok Two album? <laughs> Seeds of Filk. So here's the thing. Um, I bet that uh, if we put an open call out to our fans to give oh, us Filk God. albums of those things, no one would respond because we never actually get a response when we put those open calls out. But if you know of a Futurama or Arrested Development or Turok Two Seeds of Filk album, please send it to us. Look, at this point, if you're going to make a Filk album, if they had the ability to make a Filk album and they were our fans, they would have made a Filk album about us. No, no, I'm saying just find one that someone else made and send it to us. Because I I guarantee at least the Futurama one exists. Bare minimum. Have you seen those awful, awful Harry Potter ones where the band name is like Harry and the Potters or like... Draco and the Malfoys, and they're like rival bands, and they kill. I don't know. They, they the, kill each the, other's roadies on the road. The Weird Sisters. Is there a Weird or, Sisters uh, one? Well, the, I mean, the Weird Sisters are the band from uh, Goblin. They're the of band Fire. In, the, in the books, yeah, yeah. But like, is there an actual Weird Sisters? I, there's Probably gotta be. there has to be. And they play do, uh, full of hot, strong love. I just want. I want. Um, an album that is just excerpts from My Immortal <laughs> set to music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it wasn't that, uh, weren't we going to do that as a bit on the podcast, like early on in Bomber's History? What, wasn't I going to read like a chapter of My Immortal every episode? Yeah, I feel I like think we something. planned that. Cosmic Star Heroine, though. The gameplay, like the actual battles and stuff, didn't, I mean, I don't know. I haven't played much Chrono Trigger to make comparisons to begin with. But the way that the battles won, you always come back to full health at the end of the battle. So there's really... It's all it's all very self-encapsulated, the risk-reward of each fight. And two, Amara, you were talking about, you know, you use your abilities and then you have to use a different move to refresh your abilities. I don't think I've done a fight yet where I really had to recharge my abilities because the enemy was dying by the time I got through the first set. And I kind of feel like the few ones that I did have to do that in, it was like, okay, let me just do exactly the same thing I just just did, but again. You know, it's like playing WoW, where you have your rotation of moves, where you're always clicking the same hotbar keys because that's just what your move rotation is on your cooldowns and whatnot. It's like... I don't see what the strategy of it is of course you know i'm one of those weird rpg players who goes 
Yeah, the only stat that matters is HP. Make it zero. You also make up silly words like strategery when strategy is just right there for the taking. You got, you know, well. I'm just saying. That's. I, that's one of those things that started as a joke, but then entered into my normal vocabulary and it's a problem. So while I do see what you're saying on certain battles where it feels like you have a particular rotation of moves that you cycle through each time, I've found that there are various abilities, though, True. that you can change your approach on. Um, for example, Dave, the nerdy hacker dude, which he has some great quips here and there. Um, he he has a move that's it inflicts charm and has a high Dave hacks robots against very bad with robots, people. Was this which game made in Japan? Where they have like more robot humans than actual spouses. At but this point? you can hack and charm a robot. <laughs> and it's my general complaint about RPGs. Like Everyone's like, "Oh, there's so much strategy," and I'm like, "Cthulhu saves Christmas. You can just kill it till it's dead." Attacks only. Yep. Well, see, yeah. I get maybe that's why you like bravely default because you really need to do more than that to prevail in those fights, especially the really hard boss fights. Yeah, and it, yeah, well, unless you're grinding, in which case it's just an attack until it's put dead. it on auto attack and just run <laughs> yeah, exactly. The world. Yeah, maxing out all the jobs. That's but how even, you do it. Like, that's the thing, though. Like, what is the strategy? I'm just going to keep doing the same thing because (laughs) I need to make the health equal zero. And, yeah, I guess, I mean, thinking about it, I am being very, like, reductivist and unhelpful and kind of a curmudgeonly piece of crap right now, so. Yeah, I mean, it's not like this is some new AAA, like, action RPG. It's it's just a traditional RPG, Dag. I mean, lighten up. Okay. Well, uh, Hamaru... You actually played it. I know you didn't finish it, but you played it. What's your rating on Cosmic Star Heroine? I don't know if you can rate it if it's only halfway through. I I may take a stand against that. <laughs> no, I'm 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 not sure personally. I'm I'm still kind of. I would say where I'm at, I'm kind of teetering between a three and a four. It, it depends on you know the the music is there, the the visual design is there. The gameplay is okay, but if the story picks up a bit more in the second half, well, how, how many or hours if the gameplay gets a in? bit Did more challenging, where I do I have to strategize to more, then heck yeah, that that could easily be a four for me. But we'll we'll see. I'm still kind of on the fence. I I haven't mentioned it yet. I believe I'm at twelve hours in, but the game keeps countering time when 16, you set the controller 15, down, 16, or yeah. it's like when I run to the bathroom or get distracted with something else. So. Yeah, you know, the how long to beat says I think it was like fifteen hours. Boy, great but, game, best yeah. friend of the show, Drowned so, Rob. Uh, but Deck I probably doesn't put a like solid it. Tomorrow thinks it's just okay, and I didn't play it. Fantastic. Play into it, and I I think there's something to be said with the game club. You don't have to finish the game. You have to play enough of it to form an opinion, which is roughly about the five hour mark, which is about where I am. And I know <laughs> and it's I a failed. joke. <laughs> I know it's a joke in a bit, but I do kind of feel like it's probably like a two. Or three out of five. I, I, it's probably prob- it's it's right around two or three for me. Like you're saying three or three or four. If it's a JRPG. You, might, you just start saying it's JRPG out of five. Why not? Just skip the middleman. You don't. You don't even need to play the game. You could just say it's JRPG out of five, and then everyone knows how you feel about it, regardless. 
Well, uh, Bravely Default, probably around a uh, four out of five. Do you like say. it better than Earthbound? Oh, so like a two, it's so like a two times RPG. It's a it's a it's a JJRRPPGG. Holy crap! All right, uh, what else do we have to talk about? I don't know. I don't, just, I, that's just about end it. This torture now. Uh, I don't know. But that is my question. Do you like oh. it better than Earthbound? My last question. We can move on. If you put Earthbound and Cosmic Star Heroine in front of me and said, play one of these or I'll kill you, I would play Cosmic Star Heroine. I'd say, pull the trigger. Pull the trigger. Interesting. <laughs> you get, you get, wait, with a gun? Between these two games and the gun, I trust the gun. It's the only thing. You can the trust. only thing I can trust. <laughs> uh, if you had to pick between Gun and Cosmic Star Heroin and Earthbound, which one would you? Uh, no, it's uh, seriously. Though, I mean, it's so gun. easily Gun. So I just want to make this clear because people have been telling me, like, look, I don't know if you're even serious about Gun anymore because you're you're just strutting the satire line so hard with that game. I do like Gun. I'm putting that on the record. I think it is a good game. It is not great. It has some moments that are like, wow, this is memeable. It's a good game. Is that, is that the end of your that thoughts? That is my thoughts on Cosmic <laughs> Star Herald. <laughs> All right. Deg, uh, we can't stop playing Picross. Talk about that. I, I can't. I was playing it today on, on lunch break. Ugh. Here's the thing. I'm working through Backlog Picross because I... <laughs> backlog Picross. <laughs> if you miss a game, dude, you can't go back. Because then more go- games will come out while you're trying to finish it. Well, they, I made the mistake because I played one, three, and like f- four or five, and then there was a moderately there was a sale, whatever. So I bought two, whichever one of four or five I didn't have in six. I'm working through two now, and then I'm probably gonna have to work through whichever one of those two and six, and that's like that's a lot, of Picross man. I love every moment of it, but I hate myself for loving it. I hate myself for loving you. Something, 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 things that you do. Deg likes Picross, and I do too. Gun is not a bad game. You're a piece of poop. <laughs> Good songs. That's our new That's our new intro song. It's a banger. So, and uh, Spiegel, you've been working on Picross 6, I assume, since you said you can't go back? Yeah. Uh, well, I know. I mean, I've, I've finished Picross S 1 through 5. Put about 50 hours into each freaking game. Yeah. So, I am the worst, basically. Samesies. I'm just... I want to... I'm looking forward to next year's... Uh, Game Club when Spiegel makes us all play Gun. I'm gonna make you all play Picross S7. Ooh, that you gotta means finish you can't... it. You gotta finish it 100 percent before you can talk about it in Game Club. But that means that you can't play Picross S7 until your month comes up. What if it happens to be the month that game? Really... This is a stupid conversation. We're... <laughs> Himara, what did you I... do this week? Um, so this week, couple things. Um, I, I read a bit of the uh, Askewada. Oh, nice. They localized it in English. Um, got about a quarter of the way in. I mean, a lot of really good stuff. That honestly, I'm even like, man, I could take some of this into my own personal work. Uh, he had a lot of really good philosophies. I think it stems from the fact that he always felt like a gamer at heart. 
And he just wanted people to enjoy the products that they were making, whether that be the consumer or the creators that were working for him. So, um, so that, that's been fun reading that. I also have been uh, playing through near replicant still version 1.22. I, so I wanted to so ask forth. a question. I'm sorry, before we move on about the ask Iwata thing, because I wanted to know, is this, yeah. is this book called from interviews with Iwata or like about him? Like from people who knew him? Yeah. So the way they explain it in, in the, um, what is it like the, the, the preface or yeah, like the, the preface basically preface however you say it um preface preface before your face um so they they pulled quite a bit of it from like iwata asks column that was serialized on the nintendo website um but then also you know iwata didn't really talk about himself too much uh they even kind of mentioned that so this is kind of a you know, really a scrapbook of different conversations where he's answered questions about his background and and his philosophy when it comes to business, not in just video games. And and really they pieced it together into kind of a kind of a biography from like, you know, the days when he was younger and first messing around on a graphing calculator and creating games on it, which is crazy to me. Uh all the way up through, you know, his time at Nintendo and 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 even HAL Laboratories. Like, I've been finding the HAL Laboratory stuff really fascinating. So I take it you recommend the book then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, if if, if you're a Nintendo fan or, heck, even someone looking to, you know, if, if you work for a, a business and you're a people leader, I think you could learn a lot from Iwata just by Pe- reading it. People eater? People eater, yep. Hmm. Tasty people. Deg has no career ambition. He'll never be a people eater. <laughs> Jokes on you! I was eating some people earlier today. I, but I, no. 